welcome to Forward Launch Your SaaS. I'm Kira Woodard, the podcast marketer and owner of Forward Launch. In this series, I sit down with executives whose marketing campaigns have resulted in impressive growth for their startups. In each episode, our guests talk about the one biggest piece of wisdom that they would share with other B2B SaaS marketing execs. Okay, so I am sitting down today with Charles, who is the founder and CEO of Legislate, a legal tech company, which makes it easy for non-lawyers to create and manage lawyer-approved contracts. Legislate has focused heavily on content to simplify legalese and help businesses create robust contracts on no legal budget. So Charles, I'm super excited to chat with you and dig into your background today. Thank you, Kira, for having me. Yeah. And I just like to kick things off by asking, like, what was it that made you get into founding your company? So maybe to you know start things off, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not qualified to give legal advice. I'm actually, I actually have a background in engineering. I joined a machine learning startup straight out of uni. Mm. And Whilst I started in uh, engineering, I realized that actually I could create more value for the company in business development. And it was at the time also when machine learning was not a well-known topic. And we were a company spun out of the University of Oxford, so very research heavy, very technical. And at that time, I realized, you know, actually content is a great way to distill that you know, technical language into easy to understand terms that my potential customers could understand. So content has always been something that I've done, Mm. even if I don't have a background in in content or marketing. But as I was doing my business development, I realized that contracting was always a pain, whether it was, you know, sourcing a template, tailoring the template. And then once it was eventually sent off to clients, we would it would be a ping pong between legal teams that could last forever. And in multiple occasions, we would either lose opportunities or actually lose contracts post-negotiation because, you know, over the many months that it took, buyers would get promoted into different departments or budgets would be lost to new financial years. So when that started to happen, I realized, you know, this is a pain. You know, all my hard work is is going down the drain mm. because ultimately these contracts are or were uh, lawyer readable, meaning they needed a lawyer in the loop to be approved or for any amendment to be approved. And I thought, why don't we create a solution which me, the business user, can use to create negotiate contracts in a safe and robust way, and where legal teams can be kept at a distance, but a safe distance where if they want to see what's happening, they can. But ultimately, all the, you know, all the, um, you know, requirements of a contract are satisfied and, and thanks to technology. So really what we're doing is we're making contracts machine readable so that technology can help automate the contracting process without needing to get lawyers involved um, at every step. Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. So since you've started Legislate, what has been sort of the growth tra- trajectory? Like where where have you gotten to at this point? Yeah. So I started Legislate just over two years ago um, as a solo founder. We've raised um, just over $1.6 million. We're a team of 12. 
And we started our content journey, I'd say a year and a half ago, because, you know, the first year was building. And whilst I was putting some content on our website, I had to be careful because I, we, you know, we weren't hundred percent certain of what we were building or who we were building it for. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started, you know, probably posting content a year and a half ago. Since then, we've published 390 blog articles and wow. we now get just over a thousand organic visitors a day from Google. So obviously we get visitors from other sources, but um, that's where we are. And, and that traffic is compounding between 10 and, and 30% every month. Oh, wow. That is a fast growth trajectory. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'd like to ask, what is the one big piece of wisdom you'd like to share and focus on during this interview? Yeah. So I think, and this is something that we've only you know been able to discover through trial and error, but when it comes to content, aside from the basics of keeping it simple and easy to understand, it's really providing the content that your users or customers want to find. And Mm. that means understanding the intent and aligning the intent with the actual content that you're giving them to satisfy that intent. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So how do you know what the actual intent is and how do you go about like systematically implementing that in, in your content production? So I think, you know, intent can involve all sorts of introspection to understand, you know, what it is. And uh, again, I'm not a SEO expert. Uh, SEO experts will recommend tools. Um, they'll recommend searching in Google, looking at the SERPs, trying to understand, you know, w- what is the intent behind a certain query. But at the end of the day, customers and users are people. And you know, you know, if you've built a SaaS product, you know what problem you're solving. So I think in order to successfully map out the intent, it's a question of understanding okay, who is the user? So in Legislate's case, we're a contract creation management platform for non-lawyers. So the user is typically a non-lawyer. A non-lawyer will go through a phase of once they've identified, well, first of all, they might not know which contract they need based on their situation. So we need to have content which explains the differences between contracts and maybe the cases where you might use this contract or you might want to consider using this type of contract. Once the non-lawyer or the you know the reader has decided okay this is the type of contract i need to create we then need to help them understand what are the clauses of the contract that they need to look out for or what are the risks of not using these clauses or not including these clauses once the client or the user is educated around that then the next step is well okay i now need to create my contract you know, where do I begin? Do I work with a lawyer? Do I just download a template online? Or, you know, what what else? How do I do that? So you might want to do some comparison articles or, you know, explain why in this specific situation, you really do want to work with an attorney. Whereas maybe in this specific situation, it's, it's perfectly reasonable to create the contract yourself. Um, and then finally, you know, once the client knows, or the, sorry, the user or the reader knows how they're going to create their contract, 
um, is then really giving them the means to actually create that contract. And I think that's where most uh, SaaS companies kind of, um, you know, don't quite complete the intent cycle is, mm. okay, I know I need to create an employment contract for a full-time software developer. Where is that piece of content which tells me how to create an employment contract for a full-time software developer? And in our case, we do that by, you know, creating, we've got over 2000 landing pages, which are, you know, which complete that intent cycle around, mm. okay, you know, you want to hire a software developer. Here's a, a landing page, which explains the key things for that software developer role. So we're really tailoring it. You know, we've, we've explained what needs to be employment contract, but we really tailor it then to, okay, this is your specific situation. And then there's that, you know, sign up now button with the tutorial of how to use the app to create that, um, which then completes that intent. So it's it's really going broad to narrow, but mm-hmm. I feel like uh, narrow for uh, most SaaS companies is not narrow enough. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So you are looking at who your users are, your ideal customers are. And you're thinking, okay, as they go through this journey of interacting with my product from like not knowing about it to the point where they're actually trying to, in your case, it's non-lawyers trying to create a contract to the point where they create a content contract. It's like you're you're thinking of how, what they would be thinking at that moment and what kind of resources they would need to be able to complete that. And then you're creating some kind of like article or resource for them once they that's for that specific situation. Is that right? That's right. And it's not necessarily the case that they'll be going through that journey on our website, Mm -hmm. but it might be that they find one of those articles on our website. It might, might, might be that, you know, at a different step of that intent journey, they get that knowledge from a different website or it might even be offline, might be from a book, et cetera. But I think it's really important to have all that intent mapped out and available on demand on your website, not just for your customer, but also for the search engines to, to properly recommend you as a solution. Because if you have all the research, but you don't actually have a call to action, which allows the user to do what you are all about, then the search engine will not recommend you because you're not a complete solution. And mm. equally, if you only have something which is, you know, ready to buy, go for it, but no background information around, okay, why should they trust you? You know, why are you a credible source? Then ultimately the search engines aren't going to recommend you either. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So when you're mapping out this complete intent journey, um, how did, how did you come up with that? Is it just from, you know, your brainstorming with your team, like from having been on, uh, calls with customers or your cust- or talking to your customer success team or how are you even coming up with um, knowing what the intent is at every stage of the buyer's journey? So I wish um, you know I I it was all you know properly thought through and after various brainstorming sessions we we came up with everything and then you know went on went on and did the work. Um, but you know in practice what happened was we just started putting out content because we knew that it was important to educate our customers about the different types of contracts, what's, what to look out for in those contracts, just to build some authority around contracts for legislate so that 
we could establish ourselves as a credible source of information about contracts. So that's where we started. And it did help generate some traffic, but that traffic was not necessarily leading to leads or customers. Mm -hmm. And that's when we thought, okay, what can we do to get more customers? Um, but, but initially we were just focused on traffic and that meant also, you know, using search console to, you know, find what are the edge queries that our customers are finding us with. And that led us to creating a whole bunch of, I wouldn't say necessary articles, but even just, you know, short pages to satisfy those edge queries, which are not bringing any commercial value, but, um, but at the time it was because we were just focused on traffic and we, we didn't necessarily, you know, appreciate intent or, um, you know, what actually drove customers. So we, we started off focusing on traffic. Then when we realized actually this isn't bringing any customers, then we started to pay attention to intent. And then we realized, well, we've got all these great articles explaining, you know, what are employment contracts and what, what needs to be in your employment contract. But we now need to kind of give tutorials or, you know, those, those next steps around, okay, this is how you actually create your employment contract with Legislate and then making sure that it's all linked. And I, I think, you know, um, there are a lot of great webinars uh, on SEO that, um, you know, help me understand um, intent or at least, you know, explain why we weren't actually getting customers. And, um, and I think in terms of tools, how we were finding intent, commercial intent keywords or topics, um, you know, it's, it's the simple way is to look at uh, cost per click for those queries. And if, if someone is willing to pay, you know, an ad for that query, then ultimately it means that they're likely to generate some revenue from a hit. Therefore, it means that the people clicking are therefore, you know, buyers. So, so I think um, that's how kind of a, we became aware of, you know, actually there are keywords that are just for research and keywords that are for high commercial intent. Um, but I'd say in terms of, you know, how we then actually executed and scaled, well, then we entered the world of programmatic SEO where we, you know, downloaded a database of job titles, um, and then programmatically assembled pages to put on our blog and link to all our other content so that we have that complete, you know, um, mapping of, okay, employment research, employment, and this is how you create your employment contract for your specific situation. Um, so when you say you downloaded a database of job titles, you mean you looked at what are all the job titles that people are most commonly hiring for. And then you tried to match that to uh, making sure you had a piece of content on how to create a, an employment contract for each of those. So again, we weren't even thinking of you know, how many people search for these job titles. We just thought, you know, why not just do all of them at once and then we'll find out what sticks. So, um, yeah. How did that work out? It, led to some surprisingly good results very early on mm. because even if they were low volume keywords because not many people search for um you know employment contract for uh, agricultural manager you know um but if someone is searching for that then chances are there's a 50% chance that they can become one of your customers so mm. We we did that initially with maybe a hundred job titles because 
again, there aren't that many sources of, of job titles and job descriptions, but, um, you know, we then kind of, once we started getting clicks pretty much after a couple of days, then we, we thought, okay, let's scale this. Hmm. Okay. So that's, some of those sound like very, very, very specific. Like there's only a couple of people looking for them. So how are you, you said you, you did this kind of in bulk, like you just, like you said, here's an article on how to create an employment contract for a whole bunch of different job titles. So how did you even manage that internally, like to make sure that you were producing that much content? And then how did you review it afterwards to see what to double down on? Yeah. So we used, I mean, our, our website is built with Webflow and they've got a great CMS. And I imagine, you know, the same can be applied to other CMS based website builders, but um, they generally allow you to import content in a structured format, whether that's via an API or via a spreadsheet. So really all we did was we built maybe an initial subset of pages where in that spreadsheet, we were saying, okay, this is going to be intro one. And you can, you can always like very intro one, like maybe you only need 10 intros and you can vary them between the contracts and you have your, you define your variables. The job titles, um, you know, we sourced them from other websites and we, you know, scraped and then referenced those websites. Um, But again, you know, it was just building a spreadsheet making sure there is some logic, uh, making sure there's some structure and making sure that, you know, there are call to actions in that spreadsheet for each of the pages, which are tailored to the job title. Um, and then we imported it into the CMS and and then that's how we generated all those pages. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, but how, how did you like, I guess, tailor it to be something that's useful because you, you had to create you know, pieces of content that actually show people how to like create these employment contracts. So did you? So, so I think in the tailoring um, with an employment contract, there's only so much that you can tailor. So there are certain job roles where there's maybe a stronger emphasis on intellectual property, you know, job roles where there's maybe a stronger emphasis on safety and, and basically we just created buckets and, you know, that there is some, you know, uh, commonality, but, um, the jobs description is always unique. The, um, intros become tailored based on the variables and there are variations of the intro so that it's not always the same intro. And that again is by bucket. And, um, and then at the end of the day, in terms of how to create an employment contract on legislate, that process is the same, but what you're changing is the parameters and those parameters again, will usually fall, fall into, you know, five or 10 buckets. So um, that's kind of how we, you know, mapped it out and then created those pages. I see. Okay. So you isolated like the main variables that people need to change in their different contracts. And then you just said, okay, well, for each of these job titles, like which variables match with that? And then you just kind of mix and match for each. Uh, exactly. Ah, that's super interesting. Okay. So if you had to like summarize uh, step-by-step um, so other people could follow, like, let's say I'm, I'm a B2B SaaS marketer and I want to implement this in my company right now. I want to start doing more intent-based SEO. Uh, step-by-step, what would you have me do? So first step is 
high level research type content that your users will need, whether they realize that they need your solution or not. Mm. The next step is, okay, once they've identified their problem and then it's talking about the potential solutions, then it's around educating around those different solutions and, you know, why your solution is appropriate for their specific use case and also stating when your solution is not appropriate. I think that's also important because you don't want to force a user to use your solution if it isn't actually going to solve their problem. It's not going to bring you any revenue and it's going to, you know, waste that person's time. And then it's around, you know, how do they actually use your solution? And then if you want to go that step further, it's how do you, they use your solution for their specific situation? Mm. And that's when the tailoring comes in. And I'd say it's important to tailor, but if you take a step back, you probably don't need to tailor too specifically either. Mm. Okay. Okay. So it's going from that high level awareness kind of content to you know, educating them on the solution, then educating them on your solution. And then you taking it one step further by saying, by giving all of these like very, very um, like industry specific or job role specific content on how to use your solution for their specific situation. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, this is, this is a really great insight. Thank you so much, Charles. Um, And yeah, as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you'd like to promote? Anything you want people to know or any projects you're working on? Well, uh, if any, you know, B2B SaaS company wants to streamline their contracts um, and more importantly, track the data in their contracts, then uh, please visit Legislate and, you know, search search for us on Google and, and find us and, um, and sign up. All right. Uh, and is there any way people can get in touch with you? So we, our website is legislate.tech and they can contact me either via the website or on LinkedIn. All right. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It was great having you on the podcast. Thank you, Kira. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Forward Launch Your SaaS. If you'd like summaries, show notes, transcripts, downloads, and other helpful links and resources to help you implement the tactics you've heard here, then you can one, go to forwardlauncherSAS.com and two, subscribe to our email newsletter. Lastly, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and neighbors, and head over to iTunes to leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.